2: Uh, Praise be to God in all things. We're going to have a great show today. Uh, There is some difficult and troubling news to share with you today, especially out of France. French Catholic Church Inquiry finds 216,000 pedophilia cases since 1950. We're going to report on that here in a moment in the news segment. A uh, very concerning story there. German Catholics uh, are set to, uh, are voted to bless same-sex partnerships. Troubling story out of out of Germany. China accelerates the cynicization of the Catholic Church. In other words, to try to make the Catholic Church more like the Communist Party. We'll, hopefully we'll cover that in the What's Concerning Us. And in our guest segment, we're going to have Gerard Mion on, President and CEO of The Natural Womanhood, to talk about how contraception harms women. And that's going to be our show in the first hour. So it's jam-packed, so much to cover. Hopefully you can join us for all or part of that. If you can join us in the second hour, we would love to have you. You can always stream us live on one of the uh, video streams, Facebook, Facebook, uh, I was going to say YouTube, but we got, we've been suspended on our GRN online account. We are, however, streaming to our CDT channel at the moment, but we're also streaming on odyssey.com, on Twitter. We're also streaming right to our webpage at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. You can watch live, comment live, and find the links to the other streams right there. Good morning to you, Adrian Fonseca. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Praise be to God. Uh, it is good to be here. Uh, I sometimes wish we had nothing but fluffy
1: news to cover, though. Nah, it'd be more boring. Would it be? It'd be much. It's much more exciting with all the bad news. <laughs> with all the bad news. Yep. Uh, well, what It would be just you know just fluffy bunnies and butterflies and right. and you know who wants to hear? Let's that? talk
2: about our favorite hobbies. You know, like yeah. knitting or. Uh, baking pies, just not as exciting.
1: Just uh, not as exciting. To be truthful, I'm more into eating the pie than baking the pie. I believe it. <laughs> my sister made pie on Sunday, and she made and, Mississippi mud pie. She made the whipped cream and everything the mud homemade. It's
2: my favorite,
1: yeah. and so the, I'll find a piece of that in the fridge over there.
2: Yes. Sorry. What? with my name on it (laughs) with your name on it i'm right with eating pie with your name on it my friend Uh, that's not going to bother me much but anyway uh boy there is a lot to cover today um there are so many stories in fact i want to tease this we are going to be interviewing henry sear later today Uh, we're going to record the conversation we're going to play it for you uh, coming up
1: is it this week or next adrian uh, probably next weekend, because next week, not weekend. Uh, next week, because uh, I think we we're talking about having it on Friday, but Friday we're actually having Charles Colomb on talk about Blessed Carl of Austria. Oh, I see, I see. Now, this is the week we
2: remember the Battle of Lepanto as well. So that's coming up. But Henry Sear, he wrote uh, about uh, the, the sort of the de- dismantling of the Friars of the Immaculate. And. Um, That story is coming back up in the headlines now with this uh, order of uh, poor Claire's up in Pennsylvania, who are uh, receiving their apostolic visitation. It's becoming a more serious issue. There's also a, an article out of LifeSite News today about Mother Angelica's poor clairs. Uh I have a connection there. So we're probably going to be talking about this with Henry Sear today, and we'll record the whole, inform- whole conversation. We will give the CDT Insiders first crack at that conversation, we'll, uh, probably through an email list, and then we'll play a portion of that conversation for you next week in this hour on Catholic Drive Time. So stay tuned for that. That's coming up. So much to get into, so much to discover today in the news, and much, much more. We'll do breaking news and stories, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. We'll do a What's Concerning Us, and then, as I said, we'll have a conversation with Gerard Mion, President and CEO of Natural Womanhood, along with his wife. Uh, We'll talk about contraception and how it is harmful to women. Um, I have a a personal story there as well. So all of that coming up in this hour, let us pray, let us dive in and get started in our day. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word Incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines. France 24 reports, French Catholic Church Inquiry finds 216,000 pedophilia cases since 1950. An investigation into sexual abuse in the French Catholic Church has found that an estimated 216,000 children were victims of abuse by clergy since 1950. Jean-Marc Suave, head of the commission that compiled the report, said on Tuesday, The revelations in France are the latest to rock the Roman Catholic Church after a series of sexual abuse scandals around the world, often involving children over the past 20 years. The abuse was systematic, Suave said at a public online presentation of his report. The church not only did not take the necessary measures to prevent abuse, but also turned a blind eye, failing to report abuse and sometimes knowingly putting children in touch with predators. The commission was established by Catholic bishops in France at the end of 2018 to shed light on abuses and restore public confidence in the church at a time of dwindling congregations. It has since worked independently from the church. Sauvé said the commission itself had identified around 2,700 victims but that a wide-ranging study by research and polling groups had estimated that there had been around 216,000 victims. The number could go up further to 330,000 when including abuse by lay members. The report, at nearly 2,500 pages, found that the vast majority of victims were pre-adolescent boys from a wide variety of social backgrounds. The Hill reports the largest New York healthcare care provider fires 1,400 employees over vaccine refusal. Northwell Health, the largest health care provider in New York state, on Monday fired 1,400 of its employees who did not comply with the state's COVID-19 vaccine mandate. The company's assistant vice president of public relations, Joe Kemp, confirmed to The Hill that Northwell had terminated 1,400 employees who did not get vaccinated as was ordered by former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. These employees represented less than 1% of Northwell's workforce of more than 76,000 who are all immunized against COVID-19. Washington Times reports the Supreme Court erases anti-border wall ruling and sends case back to the lower courts the supreme court on monday erased a lower court ruling that had found uh against president trump's border wall emergency and sent the case back to the judge to take another look given the quote changed circumstances unquote with president biden now in office Mr. Trump, after watching Congress cut his request for wall money, had sought to siphon funding from the Pentagon accounts towards the wall, drawing a flurry of lawsuits. A federal district judge in California had ruled that the funding, the, the funding shift was illegal, and a panel of the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals agreed. But the Supreme Court had allowed the construction to continue while the case made its way through the courts. Mr. Biden, on taking office, canceled the emergency declaration used to siphon the money and returned unspent funds. The high court's move Monday meant that justices agreed to take the appeal. Then vacated the district judge's initial ruling, erasing it as precedent and asked the lower courts for a new look at where things stand now. Reuters reports Facebook, Instagram appear to partially reconnect after nearly 6 hours of being offline. Facebook and Instagram appeared to be partially reconnected to the global internet on Monday afternoon, nearly six hours into an outage that paralyzed the social media platform. Facebook and its WhatsApp and Instagram apps went dark at around noon Eastern time in what website monitoring group Down Detector said was the largest such failure it has ever seen with 10.6 million problems reported globally. Around 5.45 p.m. Eastern, some Facebook users began to regain partial access to the social media app. WhatsApp continued to have connection problems, though, for at least some. The outage was the second blow to the social media giant in as many days after a whistleblower on Sunday accused the company of repeatedly prioritizing profit over clamping down on hate speech and misinformation. And those are your headline news
1: for today. The saint of the day is St. Anna Schaefer. She was born on the 18th of February, 1882, in Middlestetten, Bavaria, Germany. She was a daughter of a poor carpenter and dropped out of school at the age of 14 to work as a maid. And had hopes of religious vocation, but her father's death left her working to support the family. And she was a lifelong laywoman, and in 1898, she received a vision of Christ who warned her, that she had many years of pain ahead of her. She was paralyzed by an industrial accident in 1901 when she fell into a vat of boiling water and lost the use of her legs. From her sickbed, she carried out an apostolate through correspondence. She was known for her devotion to the Sacred Heart. She may have received the stigmata, but always tried to hide the signs of it. Anna Schaefer continues to be present among us with her message of life, which is a solid anchor of salvation when sad moments are experienced or when dark valleys are crossed. That was Pope John Paul II at Blessed Anna's beatification. St. Anna's dying words were, Jesus, I live for you. She died on the 5th of October 1925 in Mittelstetten, Bavaria, Germany of natural causes. And She was canonized on the 21st of October 2012 by Pope Benedict XVI. St. Anna Schaefer, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us
2: from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Jesus entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat beside the Lord at his feet, listening to him speak. Martha, burdened with much serving, came to him and said, Lord, Do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the serving? Tell her to help me. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, yesterday was uh, a good theme was about intimacy with the Father. And today, there is another theme here about intimacy with the Son, the Messiah. St. Gregory the Great, speaking mystically, as quoted in Ignatius Catholic Study Bible today, said the two women signify two dimensions of the spiritual life. Martha signifies the active life as she busily labors to honor Christ through her work. Mary exemplifies the contemplative life as she sits attentively, attentively—I'll I'll figure that out someday—attentively to listen and learn from Christ. While both activities are essential to Christian living, the latter is greater than the former. For in heaven, the active life terminates, while the content, contemplative life reaches its perfection. <laughs> Boy, speaking English is probably going to be tough today for me. St. Augustine would go on to say, But still, a servant received her Lord, the sick her Savior, the creature her Creator. But if any should say, O blessed are they who have been thought worthy to receive Christ into their houses, grieve not thou. For he says, For inasmuch as ye have done it to the least of my brethren, ye have done it to me. But taking the form of a servant... He wished therein to be fed by servants, by reason of his condescension, not his condition. He had a body in which he was hungry and thirsty, but when he was hungry in the desert, angels ministered to him. In wishing, therefore, to be fed, he came himself to the feeder. Martha then, setting about and preparing to feed our Lord, was occupied in serving, but Mary, her sister, chose rather to be fed by the Lord. St. Augustine, pray for us. There is much to say here, but I think one, one thing important is we can sometimes throw the baby out with the bathwater with this verse, right? I mean, I, I saw a little conversation going on among the early church fathers. So, does this therefore mean that there is only resting in the Lord and there's no laboring? Do we have to do corporal works of mercy now? I mean, why feed the homeless if we can just rest with the Lord? Well, Augustine, Theophilicate, and many others point out that, oh no, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Laboring is still important and needed and called for, but we can't prioritize one over the other. We have to rest in the Lord and do the will and work of the Lord as well. We'll be right back. What's concerning us It's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Get the drive down. Send it your way.
1: The next National Men's March to End Abortion is Monday, November 15th in Baltimore. We will gather outside of a local abortion center and march to our rally point outside of the USCCB
3: Fall Assembly. Men, it's time.
0: We thought we were killing the babies, but we have in fact killed our conscience. We have in fact killed our rights. We have in fact
4: killed our nation.
0: Go to themensmarch.com for more information and commit to join us on November 15th in Baltimore.
2: be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, contraception harms women. Gerard Miod, president and CEO of Natural Womanhood, serving along with his wife, uh, are going to be on our program to talk about that. What are the risks? I know myself and our own personal experience in uh, 21 years of marriage in the early days, uh, we also had Uh, I I felt the harms of contraception in our marriage. We'll conversate about that coming up at 35 past the hour. Real quick, before we dive into some of these what's concerning us uh, stories, I wanted to let you know that we are now posting to MeWe. Uh, We created an account many months ago. We've done nothing with it, but yesterday I started posting some content over there. You can find us on MeWe at MeWe.com forward slash I forward slash CDT. I bet you can get there from just going to mewi.com and searching for Catholic Drive Time. But I'll send a link to it to the CDT Insiders uh, this Thursday afternoon. So if you're on the email list, you're going to get that link as well as probably our interview with Henry Sear. But uh, to get on the email, you got to go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. All right, let's dive into some of these what's concerning us stories. Here's a story that I reported on yesterday out of the National Catholic Register. Faith leaders, scientists meet at the Vatican to push for greater efforts to fight climate change. Now, I don't want to read this article. I reported this yesterday in the news, and so you could go back and and get the details from yesterday. But, you know, what's interesting about this story that I pointed out yesterday Guess who is not invited to this? This was an interfaith kind of a thing. They have people from all kinds of uh, religions come to this, and they all sign a joint declaration to say, hey, we want countries to be more focused on, on climate change. Guess who doesn't get invited to that? Guess who didn't and, and continues to not be invited to these types of things? The Dalai Lama. Do you know why the Dalai Lama doesn't get invited? Well, because China doesn't like the Dalai Lama given the Tibetan issue. So, to not upset the Chinese, they don't invite the Dalai Lama to these things anymore. I find that very interesting, especially that there's an article out by UCA News, uh, ucanews.com, that China accelerates sinization sy- of the Catholic Church. Now, that's a, a fancy word. It basically means to bring people in line with the Communist Party. Uh, the subheadline says Catholics are encouraged to adhere to the One Direction, One Road, One Flag principles of the Chinese Communist Party. So they, there's this event, they're giving these speeches, they're trying to get people to listen to uh, the, uh, the chairman, Xi, give, the, uh, give the, the sort of the hoorah, patriotic, you know, uh, pep rally type of talk to say, we all need to be a part of the one road, one direction, one flag principle of the Communist Party to include you Catholics, to include you Catholics. And given the fact that there's this deal between China and and the Vatican that the details of which are not public, we don't know what they are. It has been renewed and there is a great uh, chance, there's been reports that a large sum of money was a part of that deal. Is it true? I don't know. It's alleged. It, it may be just a rumor and not true. I don't know, but um, very smart and well-informed people are suggesting so. And we're seeing this now. But here's my thing. You're going to exclude the Dalai Lama from your, your interfaith meetings to talk about climate change. And China, at the same time, is seeing a pressure, increased pressure on its Catholics, let alone others in China. There's still the Uyghur genocide going on there, but um, people in the Fulong Kong and many other uh, communities are being oppressed by the communist government in that, China, in that country, and we tend to turn a blind eye to that. We tend not to discuss it or, or deal too much with that. That's a problem. There's the story out of France with uh, a new report that some... 216,000 abuse cases since 1950 in France alone? Very, very concerning. So, and then I come to this story out of the Catholic vote. German Catholics to bless same-sex partnerships. This was reported uh, October the 1st over at catholicvote.org. A German synod of bishops and lay Catholic leaders voted Friday to approve clerics' blessing, quote, same-sex partnerships, unquote, rejecting a Vatican decree forbidding the practice, according to a Wall Street Journal report. The German church leaders voted 168 to 28, with five abstentions, to adopt a draft statement on sexuality that includes a resolution saying that same-sex partnerships who want to take the risk of an unbreakable common life should be able to see themselves placed under the blessing of God, unquote, according to Francis Roca for Wall Street Journal. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. 168 voted in favor of this. 28 voted against and five people refused to vote. Uh, these are church leaders in Germany. That is, a, that is insane to me. Um, so, I, I, you can read the whole story for yourself over at CatholicVote.org. German Catholics to Bless Same-Sex Partnerships is the article published October the 1st. But why do I bring all, those, all of this up? Well, because there is a crisis in the world. And so goes the church, so goes the world. And when you see leaders that are more focused on on climate change, now am I saying there aren't things to do in order to be better stewards of the cli- the environment? Of course we 're called to be good stewards of the environment, as Adam was the gardener, and he his job was to manage and maintain and expand the boundaries of the garden sanctuary to go into the wilderness, to cultivate the wild, and to bring it to bear into the garden sanctuary, to expand the boundaries of the kingdom of God itself that is adam's job to be a good steward of even the animals which is why i love tom bombadel and and tolkien's writings because it's pretty cool however uh, before i digress too far i get that we're supposed to be good stewards i don't have a problem with that what i do have a problem with is obsessing with this you uh, climate change agenda at the expense of the salvation of souls we're seeing an attack on so many levels uh, abuse cases, financial abuse cases, corruption at the highest levels. We're seeing China, the church in China being sold essentially. Uh, and then these German bishops going off and creating a practical schism. We've we've had guests on uh Father um uh Gerard Murray has been on to talk about that. We've had others to, on to talk about that. Uh it's a practical schism being created in Germany and nothing is happening to stop them. Where is the evangelization of souls? Where is the, the mission, the great mission that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ gave to his apostles? Uh, we read about it in Matthew 28. We read about the, bo- the book uh, of Acts to go to the four corners of the earth to make disciples of all nations. What happened? What happened to that? We are so focused on the world the flesh and the devil getting along and going along with uh with the world that we have forgotten our calling to help bring souls into the kingdom of god i mean i was just reading on sunday uh i go to the tlm and in the 1962 missal the reading for the gospel was the great banquet and go out and tell the guests to come in and they refused those guests refused and the lord said let's murder those murderers (laughs) let's put them to death and now go out to the hedgeways and the byways and compel everyone to come in and they did and he walks through the crowd and he finds one person without that wedding garment on how did you get in here you have no wedding garment and that person is cast into the outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth this is a warning of the judgment to come that the the fancy, the rich, the powerful, the connected, the established—they're the ones rejecting the invitations, and then it's everybody else who gets the dr- the dragnet. They get brought in, but they get sorted too. We should be—we should feel like this is a warning to each and every one of us. And so goes the church. So goes the world. The world declines because the church members—not not Holy Mother Church herself, but the church members are choosing the world, the flesh, and the devil over the good, the
1: true, and the beautiful and living in a state of grace. Adrian, did you want to chime in? Yeah, one thing that I wanted to know, it's like I was talking to a friend of mine this weekend uh, at a, at the wedding I was at, and we were talking about Tradizione Custodis, and he was like, you know, I do see a reason why it might be necessary, you know, there are some crazy people in the triad communities. And I was like, well, let me grant you that for a second. I'll just tell you, yes, there are some crazy people. There are crazy people everywhere. But there's less than, less than 2% of the entire Catholic population attends Latin Mass. Less than 2%. Yet we see these things happening in Germany and across the world and where there are grave, grave issues that are damaging the salvation of souls and nobody says anything. And people are like, oh, well, you know, that's that's a different issue. But why is this not the forefront of our minds? Why is this not something that we are not fighting for day and night? Because these are people who are leading themselves into grave, grave sin that is going to endanger their souls. As Joe was talking about, hell is real and and there are a lot of people heading in that direction right now, and we need to be concerned about it. And I don't understand why the uh, the people who love the, the Latin mass, there are the people who are being attacked when there are these crazy things happening all over the world with the Germans, Catholics blessing same-sex partners like that. It's, it's absurd to me. That's, that's just, yeah, that's, that's the point I wanted to get across. We
2: live in upside down world. <laughs> we live in upside down world. And it should be a concern for all Catholics everywhere and the, what's the answer to this? Well, I think it's very simple. We live in a state of grace. We live in a personal state of grace. Um, we must continually make use of the sacraments, the graces God pours out to us, the sacramentals. Um, but also, we, we should have a, a call to action here to the hierarchy of the church. I mean, it, the church is not a democracy, the church doesn't get to just vote one way or the other on a key fundamental issue like what is human sexuality? What is its gift? What is its meaning? What is its purpose? What is, what is the intention of our Lord on this issue? What about marriage? Uh, What is the meaning and purpose of marriage itself? How does it serve society, uh, the world, and the kingdom of God? And if the world stands in contrast to the intention of the Lord and Savior on these issues, then it is the church who is given the task to defend that against the world. Because they are not placed in charge of the church in the sense that they get to pick and choose what is true, what isn't true, and that changes with the decade that they happen to be in. No, they are ministers serving in the court of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And their job is to do his bidding. Their job is not to reinvent the wheel, but to simply go out into the four corners of the earth and make disciples. To meet people where they are at, to smell like the sheep, but then to take the sheep to a bath. That bath is to prepare them for the great banquet. If they don't do that part, they have failed in everything else. Yes, we sinners, we humans, we are, we are in the muck and the mire, but it is God's intention to clean us up. It is God's intention to transform us, to, to, uh, it, to meet us where we're at, but to take us where we got to go. And I feel like it is incredibly, incredibly um, irresponsible, to see us focus so myopically on these other issues and not focus on the evangelization of souls, first and foremost. So let us pray for Holy Mother Church. Let us offer sacrifices for her and prayers, especially the daily rosary. Uh, But fasting would be amazing too, because God loves even those sinners that are in charge of the things that go down in in our church these days. Let us pray for their conversion and reversion and shoring up of their faith today amen praise be to god all right we're going to go to break we're going to come back when to have more breaking news and stories and then gerard mion from the uh president and ceo of the natural woman is going to be on to talk about contraception all that's coming up next on catholic drive time tell a friend we'll be right back
0: Some Protestants use 1 Timothy 4, 1-3 against the Catholic practice of consecrated celibacy and Lenten observances, because Paul calls the forbidding of marriage and the consumption of meat doctrines of demons. Do Catholics need to be exercised? No. And here are some reasons why. First, Paul can't be condemning consecrated celibacy because in the next chapter he gives Timothy instructions on proper implementation of consecrated celibacy with regard to enrolled widows. Also, Paul can't be condemning all forms of abstinence from meats, since he was part of the decision at the Council of Jerusalem in Acts 15 that decreed Gentile Christians abstain from meats offered to idols. What Paul was condemning is the Gnostic belief that nobody should marry, and that one should always abstain from meats, because matter is evil. So, fear not, Catholics, you have no need for an exorcism. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com.
2: Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean, and here are your headline news. Forbes reports Zuckerberg loses $5.9 billion in a day as Facebook faces rare outage and whistleblower testimony. Investor confidence in Facebook weakened a bit on Monday amid continued political pressure and rare lengthy outage of the company's apps, sending shares down 4.8% and zapping away billions from CEO Mark Zuckerberg's fortune. Zuckerberg's fortune declined by 5.9 billion to a mere 117 billion in total, but don't don't feel too too baddies. He's still only the sixth richest person on the planet. Top Lieutenant Sheryl Sandberg saw her wealth fall to $1.9 billion. Uh, uh, Facebook stock came under pressure from two fronts. An unusually long outage of its namesake platform, Instagram and WhatsApp. A mistake likely costing the company tens of millions of dollars in revenue. Monday's outage affected internal systems at Facebook. It made it impossible for employees to access emails. The internal messaging system, known as Workplace, even reportedly some doors at the company headquarters. The other matter weighing on Facebook is Tuesday's congressional hearing where a former product manager, Frances Haugen, will testify about her decision to become a whistleblower and leak internal data to the Wall Street Journal. In a 60 Minutes interview last night, she criticized Facebook for putting profits over people and failing to maintain safeguards against misinformation after the 2020 presidential election. According to Facebook's blog, they're blaming the whole thing on router changes in the backbone. So who knows? Epic Times reports antibodies persist for more than a year after COVID-19 infection, according to a recent study. The immune system of the vast majority of people who have been infected with the CCP virus will continue to carry antibodies against the virus for at least 12 months, according to a peer-reviewed study accepted by the European Journal of Immunology on September the 24th. Scientists at the Finnish Institute for Health and Welfare studied the presence of antibodies in 1,292 subjects eight months after infection. They found that 96% of the subjects still carried neutralizing antibodies and 66% still carried a type of antibody called the nucleoprotein IgG. The scientists then investigated antibody levels one year after infection by randomly selecting 367 subjects from the original cohort who had not yet been vaccinated. 89% of the subjects still carried neutralizing antibodies and 36% still carried the IgG antibody. The Blaze reports, uh, a new report documents evidence that coronavirus was spreading in Wuhan as early as May 2019, and China knew about it. According to this new report titled Procuring for a Pandemic, an Assessment of Hubei Province PCR Procurement Contracts, it shows that the government in China was buying up testing related to the coronavirus much earlier than the officially recognized beginning of the pandemic. The PCR-related procurement contracts are called the gold standard of the coronavirus testing, suggesting that China knew there was an outbreak of the coronavirus as early as May 2019. Epic Times reports Biden reverses Trump ban on federal funds for clinics referring women for abortion. The Biden administration on Monday rolled back a Trump era rule that bans clinics from receiving uh, receiving federal family planning funding from referring women for abortions. Beginning November the 8th, clinics receiving federal funds will be allowed to refer pregnant women for abortions. It revokes former President Donald Trump's February 2019 regulation that required organizations that perform abortions and make referrals to do so in clinics that don't receive Title X federal funds. The Title X is a half-century-old federal family planning program that offers around $286 million in grants each year for clinics serving primarily low-income individuals. And those are your headline news. Praise be to God in all things. Uh, Joining us right now via Zoom chat is our guest today, uh, Gerard Mion, President and CEO of Natural Womanhood. Good morning to you, Mr. Mion morning joe praise be to god we, we want to talk about contraception uh today i think it's a very important topic i myself and my wife back uh, when we were first married we uh, we were contracepting and we when we stopped we realized that it was one in contradiction to church teaching uh, but number two that there were harmful side effects uh, we stopped and i think we saw those side effects especially by way of trying to uh have, we were trying to get pregnant, and we were suffering through some miscarriages. So, mm. uh, to have the conversation today, uh, we've, like I said, invited Mr. Mion on. Uh, can you tell us, to start with, do you know why the Catholic Church would teach that contraception is immoral?
3: Well, that's a great question, and, and a lot of people do not understand that as it seems that just uh, the Catholic Church is just trying to, um, you know, get involved in think that they have nothing to do with. The Catholic Church really... Uh, is wants to teach people to love, right? So that's the main idea here: is how to love. How can a man and a, man, a woman love each other better? And that really is at the root of the Catholic teaching on contraception. <clears throat> and I'm not an, I'm not a theologian, so I I want to you know I'm going to refer people to to other um, uh, sources for that. But but the, the big thing is the fundamental idea of a, of marriage in the Catholic Church concept is total gift of self. Right? And so if you're using contraception, the as a woman, you're not you're saying, yes, I'm giving myself, except my fertility, because my fertility, I'm actually hijacking my fertility through contraception. And so there's it's not a total gift of self. And the same for the men is, you know, <clears throat> I, I was talking to a friend yesterday, He's so like you cannot give what you don't have, right? And one of the things we can have is, is self-control, control of our, our, our sexual drives, control of ourselves. <clears throat> and if we don't have that, we cannot give it. And so, you know, that really changes the, the, the marital act. It's a, it's a difficult teaching. A lot of people struggle, even in our Catholic Church, because this, is, this really uh, requires people to learn virtue. But it's a gift. And, uh, and so, in, in short, really, I encourage you to, to really read more from Fulton Sheen. I mean, if you have questions about the Catholic Church, Fulton Sheen has this uh, Three to Get Married book. It's fantastic. Or oh, more more recently, watch uh, met Fred interviewing Jason Evert on that. Great interview. It's an hour and a half, but it's a fantastic way to, to learn more about the, 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 the why the church uh, wants us to avoid contraception. Because also, we have some great methods, too. It's called Natural Family Planning. We can talk more about that.
2: One of my favorite resources, and the one I think that really opened our eyes as a young married couple on this op- topic was Janet Smith's contraception, why not? Mm-hmm, Which mm-hmm. back in, I hate to say because I always sound old, but back in my day, that was being passed around on CD. And we, right. my wife and I, in fact, we bought boxes full of these CDs, and we would hand them out at pre-canic conferences to young couples so that they would Great be talk. informed. Uh, I bet you can find it on YouTube today. You probably just just search for Janet Smith, contraception, why not? I'm sure it's right there. Uh, Gerard Mion is our guest, Natural Womanhood. What is Natural Womanhood, by the way?
3: So Natural Womanhood is a nonprofit my wife and I started almost 10 years ago because we, we realized that you know the, the gift of natural family, just like you, we came to it late in our marriage. And we really wish that we had known about it That because we could see how transformative it was for couples who are using Natural Family planning. And when I was looking at what is done in this area, I thought there were some really good organizations that teach natural family planning, Billings, Creighton, uh, Couple-to-Couple League, and and other organizations. But there was not a really strong voice for these methods in general. So we set out to to launch an organization that speaks to the general public in a very engaging way about all the benefits of natural family planning and more. So we've become really a, a source that... You know transform is, or speaks uh, the truth about women 's uh, fertility and women 's health uh, by really promoting fertility awareness by engaging people about to learn about the science of the cycle the science of fertility and it ranges you know we have over four hundred and fifty articles on our website and you know one thousand to fifteen hundred people who come to the website every day to read about it from all over the world interestingly because we talk about, you know, the size effect of contraception, we talk about the the, the science of the cycle, what it is, you know, the portion the of ovulation, we talk about the uh, you know, avoiding and, and achieving pregnancy, we talk about restorative uh, uh, methods, medical methods to restore fertility instead of uh, you know, hiding or instead of trying to fix it with contraception, that doesn't work. And so, so there's tons of article this issue touches a woman's fertile life from from the very beginning to when she has children to premenopausal time so it's very important
2: and i think too often doctors are so quick to try to get young girls on the pill as fast as they can And uh, and it is a very concerning, uh, very concerning issue. Now we're we're just about up to a break now, so we have to take a very short break here in a moment. Uh, but I wanted to jump into some of the more um, detailed. Uh, the, what are the some of the consequences, side effects of the various types of contraception? What are those uh, ver- methods of contraception? And, uh, and how do they impact the women's health? I'd like to talk about that on the other side of this break. But we're having a conversation about contraception with Gerard Mion, president and CEO of Natural Womanhood. Gerard, real quick, what's your website?
3: Naturalwomanhood.org.
2: Naturalwomanhood.org. So that's the website. Check it out. Share it with a friend, by the way. But we're going to be right back after this very quick break. More on contraception is coming up next with Catholic Drive Time. Naturalwomanhood.org. We'll be right back.
5: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have
4: you ever heard someone say, since every religion claims to be true, well, then none of
2: them are true. Even though this is not a very intelligent comment, it does not prevent people from saying it. G.K. Chesterton says probably one of the creeds is right and the others are wrong. Logically, most of the views must be wrong. But there's nothing logical to the idea that all must be wrong. Think about betting on a horse.
4: Many people bet on the wrong horse, but some bet on the right horse. And sometimes even the favorite has been known to come in first. But that's the point.
2: Something comes in first. The fact that there are many beliefs does not destroy the fact that there is one well-founded belief. So don't say that the variety of beliefs prevents you from accepting any beliefs. It's not logical. And it's not a very good way to bet, either.
1: Want more than a minute? Chesterton. God love you. Praise be to Jesus. Welcome back to Catholic
2: Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. It is great to be on with you today. Praise be to God. Gerard Mion is our guest president CEO of Natural Womanhood. The website is naturalwomanhood.org. You should check that out. Gerard, welcome back to the program. I want to get into the, the details of contraception. Uh, the very serious side effects that uh, could severely impact women and uh, the types of contraception. Can you go over those?
3: Yes, and there are many side effects. So there are some you know, more comfort issues, but there are some very serious dangers that are not reported enough and not communicated enough to women and uh, to patients. So the, the top two I want to talk about is bre- breast cancer and, and cervical cancer, and, or to, to cancer in general, and then blood clots. But let's, talk, let's talk a little bit about, about breast cancer. As you know, breast cancer is probably one of the most prevalent cancers. 3.5 million women in the U.S. alone are uh, have currently have this issue. There are 42,000 deaths a year. And in 2017, there was an, a study in Denmark that was probably the most comprehensive study on the topic with 1.8 million uh, women studied, because they they just use their data. There's a social medical medicine system. They use their data on all women and show that 20 percent increased risk of breast cancer for women who were using hormonal contraception. Wow! Now, <clears throat> this is not a huge growth, but when you think of the number of women who are currently using contraception and the number of women who have breast cancer mm-hmm. risk it becomes a very large number and so it's over if you look at the today just in the US the number of women who have breast cancer just because the they use contraception right so the excess number of women it's excess number of cases it's 370,000 excess cases wow. in the US alone right that so those are women that would not have breast cancer hadn't they used contraception and the the data shows that the longer you use contra the hormone contraception the more at risk you are the also the if you use it in, at a young age you are talking about teenagers if you use it at a young age before you get, first get pregnant it also increases the risk so these are things that really need to be to be clarified. And, uh, and you know, that's why we have a petition to the FDA, and we can talk more about that later. Yeah. This other one, another cancer is cervical cancer, which is deadly cancer. There are 4,000 deaths per year. It's less prevalent, of course, than breast cancer. But the increased risk with contraception is much clearer, with 60% increased risk for women who have ever used contraception and 120% increased risk for women who are currently using it. So that's just cancer.
2: That's incredible. You know, uh, real quick, anecdotal story. Back in 2008, maybe 2009, I interviewed a gentleman who was a pharmaceutical engineer, and he shared with me um, uh, stories of men working on contraception at the, pharma, at the big pharma company he worked for wow. who were contracting breast cancer because, wow. as a result of their
1: work on those yeah. contraceptions. So anecdotal at best, but still frightening. Adrian? Adrian? Yes, uh, I just wanted to point out that it's kind of interesting. And one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on was because this actually has become a topic in social media right now. Uh, TikTok, there's been a lot of secular women, not, not religious at all. And they are, but they are posting these videos saying, women get off of the birth control pill. It's harming women. And they all are right. realizing for the first time, even though, you know, the church has been, uh, Tooting this horn for 60 years now. But they, uh, they are now realizing that the contraceptive pill is very, very damaging for women. And of course they're taking it the wrong direction and they're saying men should use, uh, their condom, condom. instead. But they're, uh, but it is interesting to see that the secular media is starting yeah. to pick up this idea and the reality of contraception. Have you seen, uh, that kind of rise of young people realizing contraception is not really good, especially with all the whole naturalist movement where everybody wants all natural everything?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean we see that in, in the past like eight years since we started, we've seen a, a lot. I mean there a, there was a book that's uh uh by Holy Grickswell that's uh sweetened called Sweetening the Pill. That was kind of the start of this movement. And there is a movie that are actually is, is is being made about that right now. And they're all you know, people who are not Catholic at all. I mean they're I actually pro choice, a lot of them, uh, but they're they they see that this is, this is an issue. This is, this is hurting women. And so, so it's a, it's a movement that's happening as well. We, you know, the, the, um, we know actually the other big side effect is blood clots. And it's really important that women are aware of this danger. We know several families and they're not Catholic, but they are, they are really trying to communicate about the risk. They've had their daughters, uh, die at a very young age from blood clots. And, uh, you know, so you have, you know, a young daughter, she's, she's doing very well. She's 23. Uh, she's successful working on, on, you know, a college degree or, or passing, you know, passes college degree. And all of a sudden she collapsed and uh, it's a blood clot and, you know, and she, and she dies. So that, that has wow. happened and it happens actually regularly. We have a data that shows that it could happen as, as, as often as 300 to 400 times a year in the U S and all. Wow. <laughs> and horrible. uh this is this is based on studies that show that uh, certain types of contraceptives, especially, and uh, and for certain person, not not because they are thirty five and smoking like the the communication the labels are saying, you know, just. Young person who are very healthy could die from contraception because of blood clots. So it's a very important thing to look into for for young women and parents who are you know like, encouraging their daughters or telling their daughters it's okay and and doctors of course.
1: And I have to go back and find this uh, or this article I was reading and they were saying how EMTs or should know, should ask ladies uh, if they're on the birth control pill because yes. something they can give them that might help them will actually damage them because of uh, the risk of blood clots with uh, the women. Do you know anything about that?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know this specific article, but I, you know, it's, it's clear that young women who are on birth control have a, are at a higher risk of blood clots. And so what a blood clot does is that you could cause a, you know, a pulmonary embolism, are a stroke, right? And, uh, and so this is, this is deadly. And even if you don't die from it, having a a pulmonary embolism will, or a blood flow will actually have long, long term side effects. So, so again, again, this is a huge warning for women that needs to be better communicated by drug companies, better communicated by doctors. And typically there are even, there are some, some people who have what they call the factor five Leiden. So it's a, it's a genetic, Uh, condition that uh, runs in their family, these people are at six times more risk of of having a blood clot than if they were not taking the contraception. So again, big warning there.
1: And one thing we have about four minutes left in our conversation is um, whenever I was I was I talked to a lot of my friends that are women and they will say things like, oh, well, you know. I'm on the pill, but I'm not on the pill for contraceptive reasons. I'm on it because I have an irregular cycle or I need it for health reasons. Uh, and I'm like, is there not a better way to do that? Because this is a very dangerous yes. way to hmm. treat your symptoms. It's kind of like when you have a dog and you just try to treat the symptoms of the dog and not actually cure the dog because it's too expensive. Uh, could mean, you speak about that?
3: Right. No, t- so that is a, a big reason why young women are put on the pill. You know, they have these difficulties a cycle and so on. And and the reality is these issues, irregular cycles, painful cycles, et cetera, are actually caused by some other dysfunction, right? And the pill doesn't fix the dysfunction. The pill hides the symptom and sometimes effectively, sometimes not so effectively, and it causes other problems. Now, there is a, there are ways, and it's called restorative res- reproductive health, and we have tons of information on that, so I cannot go into detail about that. But really... Look into that issue. There is ways, there are ways to actually find out why these cycles are dysfunctional. And it could be issues like endometriosis. It could be issues like PCOS. It could be issues like, uh, you know, PMS and, 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 and a hormonal imbalance that can be fixed, right? <clears throat> but you have to find the, the doctors who do this reproductive uh, or restorative reproductive health method Mm. and you can find those on our our website very different and the problem is that you know women are on the pill because of that and then they get get off the pill and the problem is still there and they cannot get pregnant because those are really closely related with infertility so again look into it
2: we only have a couple of minutes left the website is naturalwomanhood.org tell me about the fda um uh bid to get uh, transparency on these issues
3: yeah, so so two years ago, we worked with a group of uh, physicians and scientists to really do a, a deep analysis of where are the, all the side effects. We sent a, a review asking the FDA to update the communication to patients, because this there are some side effects that are not reported or badly reported, like blood clots or breast cancer. <clears throat> and not, there was nothing. There was no answer. So we t- we're taking it to the public. And this is on our website. If you just look, go on our homepage, you'll see petition on the top. Click there. We are asking people to sign to tell the FDA, to help us tell the FDA to really change something there so that women are better protected. We have about 2,000 signatures so far. We want to get to 25,000 and really need people's help.
2: So 25,000, you think, will be an effective number?
3: I think so. I think that should speak to the FDA. It <laughs> doesn't. You know it does, but...
2: Yeah, could you imagine uh, having an opportunity to have some truth and honesty about some of this stuff in a day and an age where, when it comes to medicines and procedures, we're not allowed to have certain conversations? It would be. I was, yeah, be great. I was
3: actually. Uh, if Facebook doesn't like us, right? You know, they're, they're, they're blocking our, our our ads on on this topic
2: yeah yeah i'm not surprised at all not we're surprised at that. all natural womanhood uh, is the uh, website naturalwomanhood.org that's naturalwomanhood.org uh, gerard Mion, president and ceo of natural womanhood thank you for your time today on this subject thank you, we're going to encourage everybody to go to the website and sign the petition for the fda at uh, naturalwomanhood.org. God bless you. God love you, Gerard. Have a great day and thank you for thank being you. on. bless you guys. All right. That's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. If you are uh, at all able to join us for the second hour, we would love to have you. Uh, You can tune in via our mobile app. You can tune in on our very own website or one of the live video streams or a local GRN radio station. However you do it, we'd love to have you on. Go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Make sure you're on our email list, the CDT Insiders. They get unique content every single week. Praise be to God. We'd love for you to be a part of that at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning. God bless you. God love you. And uh, share us with a friend.
5: Until then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure
0: to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station.
4: Don't forget to
0: connect with us. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time.
2: Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time.
5: Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now,
0: and God love you.
4: Many Protestants believe we are saved by faith alone, and they say Catholics believe they can work their way into heaven. How do you answer that?
5: First I ask them to show me where in the Catechism, the official teaching of the Catholic Church, does it teach that we can work our way into Heaven? They can't because it doesn't. The Catholic Church has never taught a doctrine of salvation by works, that we can work our way into Heaven. Second, I ask them to show me where in the Bible does it teach that we are saved by faith alone? They can't because it doesn't. The only place in all of Scripture where the phrase faith alone appears is in James 2.24 where it says that we are not, not justified or saved by faith alone. So one of the main pillars of Protestantism, the doctrine of salvation by faith alone, not only doesn't appear in the Bible, but the Bible actually says the exact opposite, that we are not saved by faith alone. Third, I ask them that if works have nothing to do with our salvation, then how come every passage in the New Testament that talks about judgment says we will be judged by our works, not by faith alone? We see this in Romans 2, Matthew 15, 1 Peter 1, and many other verses. Fourth, I ask him if we are saved by faith alone, why does 1 Corinthians 13, 13 say that love is greater than faith? Shouldn't it be the other way around? Catholics believe that we are saved by God's grace alone. We can do nothing apart from God's grace to receive the free gift of salvation. However, we have to respond to His grace. Protestants believe that too. However, many Protestants believe that the only response necessary is an act of faith, whereas Catholics believe a response of faith and works is necessary, whereas the Bible puts it in Galatians 5, 6, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is of any avail, but faith working through love. Faith working through love, just as the church teaches.
0: A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
1: Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you.
2: And chat. we had some great interviews, or we had a great interview and some great stories that we covered last hour, some breaking news stories, some difficult stories, stories on the church, and to include the big, huge story coming out of France, you know, the report on sexual abuse dropped, I think it was late yesterday, over 200,000 cases since 1950. There's a lot of fluff in that number, by the way, Uh, but the report details that. And I covered that in the last hour. But in this hour, we try to keep things all up in the uh, the up and up and, and fun and more positive. So I'll have a, uh, a fun story for you coming up in a moment. But if you'd like the news stories, the breaking news stuff and the more detailed stuff, and you weren't able to join us in the last hour, you know you could always go back and listen to the podcast. It is available on our website uh, maybe an hour after the show goes off the air. So you'll be able to go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt and you'll be able to get the podcast of the episode. Or what you could do is download the mobile app for the Guadalupe Radio Network on iOS or Android, and you could listen to the podcast of Catholic Drive Time right there as well. It's kind of a cool way to do it. Or you could go to the iTunes Store, the Google Play Store, or spotify or wherever else you get your podcast just search for the catholic drive time make sure you subscribe make sure you leave a review of that podcast on that platform because that will help us to reach a whole new audience the more five-star reviews we have the more that platform will share our content with the world so you could be a big ambassador of catholic drive time by sharing us widely good morning to adrian fonseca Good morning. Good morning.
1: Using my full name. Whoa. Interesting. I talked to your mom and uh, you're in trouble. Oh, well, you're in trouble. what's usually, your middle name? Uh, that's a secret. Now mm-hmm. I'm going to talk to your that's mom a, again. I'm that gonna, is a that is a secret, uh, you know, kind of like uh-huh. the uh, your hidden uh-huh. name uh-huh. Oh, in, the, in the Bible. You know, you don't mm. you don't really live ill your hidden name. Sure. Because uh, then you have power over that person. Sure so my middle name is hidden
2: person (laughs) Mm -hmm. kind of like
1: whenever exorcists try to exercise demons and they try to uh uh, they need to know the name of the demon uh Uh, i am like that demon speaking of which Mm -hmm. i need your middle name yep Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm gonna talk to your parents Uh, that way i'll use your full name
2: every time you'll know you're in real trouble right That'd, that'd, that'd be fun that'd be a lot of fun yeah for who uh, for me, anyway. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, Janice is here. Good morning to you, Janice.
4: Good morning, Joe.
2: Praise be to God. Good to see you.
4: Good to see you, too. Anything
2: new on your day today?
4: Um, I just I just opened my eyes, so I haven't really experienced much of the day yet. <laughs> really?
2: It's already at, like practically lunchtime. I don't know, I mean, like 7 o'clock, it's like halfway through the day already. Uh, we do have a fun story coming up. God is so very good. Uh, for all the old people in the room, myself included, I think you'll find this fun uh, all the new people, you'll probably be like, "What? I, I don't like." Yeah. People under, let's say, people under thirty-seven, I'm going to say, probably are going to not be as related to this story. So that's coming up in a moment. And then, of course, at 15 past, we will play our game. Fear. And Trembling will have an opportunity to give out uh, three more chances to win the prize pack this week. I think it's a $60 value, right, Janice?
4: Yeah, it's about $60 value. Custom made, too. So it's uh, not repeatable. It's not something that... That's kind of cool. Yeah, he, specific, he actually specifically a, made it for the a sponsor. A leather product? It's a leather valet, uh, valet um, tray. Valet, yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, embroidered with a sacred heart. Neat. Um Leather icon or <laughs> embroider. Yeah. So it's, it's very beautiful. Actually, I have images on my phone here of it, and I'm looking at it, and it's Super uh, cool. very nice. Praise be to
2: God. All right. Well, that's coming up at 15 past. If you would like a chance to win, what you need to do is be our first caller at the appropriate time. So there's two ways to do that. Number one, you could simply wait for me to give you the phone number, and you could call in at that time, and hopefully you'll be the first Or, if you want to stack the deck in your favor, you go to the website, get the phone number from there, and you call in early and sit on hold, provided, of course, Adrian, our phones are working.
1: That's a great question.
2: (laughs) Atomist, you can tell, right? Uh, So, we'll tell you about the... phonist. The phonist. uh, We'll tell you about that coming up at 15 past the hour. And, of course, after, at 30 past, we go off the radio. We say goodbye, and then on the radio, you'll hear the Holy Mass, where we stay on a live video feed for what we call the After Show, where you, my dear audience, get to drive the conversation to wherever you want to go, whatever you want to talk about. Everything is on the table. All you got to do is comment on one of the live video feeds, and we'll be doing that. So that is the deal. Are you ready? Let's dive in, let's pray, and let's get started uh, with our good news segment for the day. Let's pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O Most Gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now uh, today's good news story, or let's just say it's a silly kind of fun story. How many people remember uh, William Shatner? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you were huge Star Trek fans from the 60s. Of course, I watched them in replay. Um, My father, fun story, my father recorded every single original Star Trek episode on cassette tape. And I had to listen to those about a four billion times uh, on road trips. It was it was pretty cool, actually. But William Shatner, Star Trek, according to spacenews.com, is about to fly into space for real. The, the actor who's no spring chicken. A Blue Origin confirmed October 4th that William Shatner, the actor, best known as Captain James Tiberius Kirk from the original star trek tv series and movies will fly on the company's next uh, new Shepard suborbital uh, orbital flight this month i will learn to speak here in a moment the next new suborbital flight this month shatner will join audrey powers vice president of mission and flight operations at blue origin on the october 12 flight from the company's launch site in west texas praise be to god Uh, The company previously announced that uh, Chris, co-founder of Planet, and uh, Glenn, uh, co-founder of Life Sciences Company, will be on the flight as well, lasting about 10 minutes and going to an altitude a little above 100,000 kilometers. Shatner's seat on the flight was First reported by the entertainment news publication TMZ September the 24th, that report claimed that Shatner's flight would be filmed for a documentary, although no deal had been reached with a network or, or streaming service to air the show. While Shatner has had a number of roles in television shows and movies and also recent re- recently released album, he has an album? <laughs> I'm scared. He remains best known as the commander of the Starship USS Enterprise in the original Star Trek series from 1966 to 1969, a role he reprised in seven movies from, 70, from 79 to 94. Quote, I've heard about space for a long time now. I'm taking the opportunity to see it for myself. What a miracle, he said in a company statement. So that'll be fun. How many... Uh, How many James T. Kirk William Shatner fans are out there? Or how many fans of the, the, the latest guy who, uh, reprised the role? Adrian, uh, Janice, have you guys, uh, seen Star Trek? Are you guys Star Trek fans? Nope.
4: Not at all.
1: (laughs) You see what I have to deal with here on the show? And those are your, that's your good news for today. (laughs) I am not a fan of Star Trek, but I am a fan of the Saints. The saint of the day is St. Anna Schaefer. She was born on the 18th of February, 1882, a lot of eights there, in Mittelstetten, Bavaria, Germany, and was a daughter of a poor carpenter. Anna dropped out of school at the age of 14 to work as a maid, and she had hopes of a religious vocation. But her father's death left her working to support the family, and she was a lifelong laywoman. In 1898, she received a vision of Christ who warned her that she had many years of pain ahead of her. She was paralyzed by an industrial accident in 1901 when she fell into a vat of boiling water. Ouch. And she lost the use of her legs. From her sickbed, she carried out an apostolate through correspondence, and she was known for her devotion to the Sacred Heart. She may have even received the stigmata, but she always tried to hide the signs of it. Pope John Paul II said at her beatification, Anna Schaeffer continues to be present among us with her message of life, which is a solid anchor of salvation when sad moments are experienced or when dark valleys are crossed. St. Anne's dying words were, Jesus, I live for you. She died on the 5th of October 1925 in Middlestetten, Bavaria, Germany, of natural causes, and she was canonized on the 21st of October, 2012, by Pope Benedict Sixteenth. Saint Anne Schaefer, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel
2: today comes to us from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Jesus entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat beside the Lord at his feet, listening to him speak. Martha burdened with much serving, came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the serving? Tell her to help me. The Lord said in re- to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken away from her. The Gospel of the Lord. The obligate points out, and I I mentioned this in the last hour, about how we we shouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to this verse. Augustine and other of the early church fathers commented on that point. The obligate says this, Our Lord does not then forbid hospitality, but the troubling about many things, that is to say, hurry and anxiety, and mark the wisdom of our Lord, in that at first... He said nothing to Martha, but when she sought to tear away her sister from hearing, then the Lord took occasion to reprove her. For hospitality is ever honored as long as it keeps us to necessary things. But when it begins to hinder us from attending to what is of more importance,
1: then it is plain that the hearing of the divine word is the more honorable." Adrian, what did you find? Oh, this is so great! I'm reading uh, Cornelius Lopade's commentary, and I just wish—I just wish I could just read it to you the whole thing. But I'll read a couple points. Uh, one point that I want to bring out is a super interesting point, not really a theological point, but just something really cool in history that Cornelius Lapide points out. He said, "Hence Christ appeared to Martha as she lay dying." And as a reward for her hospitality, invited her to his heavenly kingdom. And it is added on the authority of St. Atoinette Aten- a- that the Lord himself was present at her burial. Thus, he honors those who honors him. And so the lesson here is that we should give great honor to our Lord and our Lord pays back that honor with infinite amount, more than we could ever uh, earn. So to be faithful to our Lord is to receive much grace from him as well. And the other point that I wanted to bring up is the point of anxiousness. And Cornelis has a lot here on anxiousness. And I highly recommend going in, go and read Cornelis commentary, verse 41. He says, Thou art too anxious, Martha, and therefore thou art troubled. Thou desirest to prepare many things for me, whereas I need but a few. Hence, too much care and anxiety is the sign of excessive love of fear. And so they who love, honor, or riches, or any other thing too much, fear lest they may lose what they love and become perturbed and anxious. This is incredibly important for us today. How many of us are anxious all the time, that keep ourselves busy? We keep our, we think we have to always be moving around. We think, oh, if we're not constantly working, if we're not constantly doing things, then we are committing the sin of sloth. But no, our Lord makes it clear here that we need to rest. But where do we need to rest? We need to rest at the foot of Jesus. And uh, Augustine points out here, according to Cornelius Lapide, that our Lord says the name Martha, Martha twice in order to stir her out of her attention. And then after stirring her out of attention, he corrects her about her anxiety And what does Mary say? Uh, Mary makes no reply and instead commits her cause to her judge. And so that's the attitude that we should have when our Lord corrects us and Mm -hmm. how we should have an attitude towards leisure and work. I I think that's something good to
2: take care of. I've heard some great homilies from Father Wolf of the FSSP, and he's talked about this very issue. And he he often points to religious and how, uh, according to their rule of life, they are to do the things they're supposed to be doing at the time that they're supposed to be doing them getting up, praying the office, you know, or eating or working or or resting and recreating. So long as they're doing the thing they're supposed to be doing at the time they're supposed to be doing it, it's fine to include recreation and rest or even sitting at the foot of the Lord. I think it's very important for all of us uh, to remind ourselves to do the things that we're supposed to be doing at the time that we're supposed to be doing them and to prioritize that relationship with the Lord uh, and intimacy, but not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Great commentary. Cornelius Lapide always comes to uh, with the deep stuff. All right, we're going to go to a break. We're going to come back and we are going to play our game, Fear and Trembling. So it's a Catholic Trivia game show, and I have three questions, but I need a caller to play our game. But you don't have to know the, the answers to our questions to win. It's that much fun. All you got to do is be our first caller at 877 757 9424. Call right now to 877 757 9424. That phone number is 877-757-9424. Call right now, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Fear and is coming up next.
5: We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org.
0: Protestants like to use James 2, 10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So, James 2.10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers. Catholic.com For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, develop the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church, with over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the Church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Welcome home.
5: Welcome to another
0: round of fear and trembling... The Catholic trivia
1: game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot, 877-757-9424. And now, your host,
2: Joe McClain. Praise be to God and welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and fear and trembling. Catholic trivia game show sure, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. But what I need first is a caller on the line. The lines are wide open. If you've never played before, or if it's been a while since you've last played, call right now. Your chances to become our contestant and get in on the sixty-dollar value prize pack this week. Custom leather Sacred Heart at eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. That phone number is eight seven 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 five seven ninety four twenty four eight seven seven. Seven five seven nine four two four. 757 9424 Adrian, uh, just check the phone lines. Just to make sure everything's working. 877-757-9424. Let me tell you how this works. Uh, the deal is I have three Catholic trivia questions, but I don't ask the caller the question. So they don't even need to know the answers to win our game. They could not know a single question and still win the game. Uh, that's how easy it is. And the phone number again is 877-757-9424. Two, four. Call now, and you get to be our contestant at 877-757-9424. But I am kind of sneaky in that I have a few things that I would like to do uh, with the game show, and I just don't tell anybody, it, okay? But I like to look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you did not know before. That's always a good thing, Right. And then, of course, we like to have a good time with our contestants, and they tend to be a lot of fun and good sports. They laugh with us, and uh, we love that part. And then we like to give out prizes, which makes it a winner for everybody involved. Praise be to God. So to play the game, though, I have to have a caller, and right now there is no one on the line. I'm not sure if uh, Adrian on the phone's on. I uh, just checked it. It's working on my phone, at least. Praise be to God. All right, so the phone lines are wide open. Not sure why uh, there's nobody on the phone yet. Usually uh, we have uh, several callers by this point. The phone number is 877-757-9424. Call now, and you get to be our contestant. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. But here is the deal. I have a prize pack to give away this week. And then every right answer of the uh, the questions that I don't ask the caller, I'll ask Janice and Adrian. One of them will be right. The other will be wrong. And every right answer goes into what we call the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. And this week's prize is sponsored by Mendoza Custom Leather Sacred Heart. It's a Sacred Heart valet tray. $60 value. It's a custom leather good. And so essentially this is a leather tray with an embroidered sacred heart image on it. That sounds pretty amazing, praise be to God. And the idea is you place this next to the entrance of your domestic church, your home, and you can walk through the door and you can put your essentials there or why not your your holy rosary beads, right? Or your holy water or Uh, maybe your keys or your wallet or your iPhone or something like that. You can do pretty much a number of things like put it on your altar at your house as well and you can hold items with that way. So there's lots of things you could do with this beautiful gift from Mendoza Custom Leather, which is based out of Tomball. And they're on Instagram. You can find them at, at Mendoza Custom Leather on Instagram, Mendoza Custom Leather. Praise be to God, $60 value. So that's the price pack. All right, so we did end up getting a bunch of calls. Praise be to Jesus. Thank you all for jumping on the phone lines. Uh, Call back tomorrow if you don't get on today. We'd love to hear from you tomorrow, but let's go to the phones and go to Chris and Cannon. Good morning to you. Good morning. Praise be to God. Where are you calling from? We're
0: calling from Flower Mound, Texas, driving over to
2: Irving. Going off to Irving. Well, praise be to God. We are grateful that you're on our program today. Where do you go to church? We go to
4: church at St. Anthony and Coppell.
2: St. Anthony in Capel. I love it. Wonderful. And uh, Chris and Cannon, are you familiar with the game? Do you know how the game is played? Yes. Yeah. All right. So you know uh, Janice and Adrian can be tricky at times. And you have to listen carefully. Yep. I, however, am on your side. So I'm here to try to get you in that cup as much as is possible. So let's play the game. We will go to Janice first, as is our custom. Janice, are you ready?
4: Yes. Mm
2: -hmm. Are you sure?
4: Yes. I'm sure. Are you sure? Yes.
2: Janice, can you tell me in what century was the first mass said in Australia?
4: Um, Australia. What century Mm -hmm. was that? I would say that would, well, the first mass was said, uh, when, uh, in the first century.
2: In Australia,
4: in Australia. So, like specific
2: <laughs> to Australia. When? What century was it when Mass was said for the first time there? Mm. It's a I, continent I, on the other side of the planet.
4: I would say the fifth century. Really? Yes.
2: Wow, that goes yes. way back. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, Adrian, let's uh, ask you this question: In what century
1: was the first Holy Mass said in Australia? In Australia, that's like um, like an island far away. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, big uh, one. Yes. Yeah, a, bi- a big island. and uh, Kind of its own continent. You know, I think that was actually in 1803, in the 19th century. That's very specific. Yeah. 1803. So you're saying the 19th
2: century. That's what I'm saying. Um, boy, it took them a long time to evangelize that continent. I know. How did, how did it take us so long to get like, over there? Okay, here's the deal, Chris and Cannon. Uh, Adrian seems to think it's the 19th century. Whereas Janice says it's the fifth century. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Chris and Cannon, what say you?
4: Adrian. Adrian,
2: the 19th century. Amen, hey brother. I
1: didn't even <laughs> got have a that chance to ask if they're sure. No, they got it. Like, they know it. You hear the confidence in their voice. I, I okay. felt
2: that. I don't know that I like admitting publicly that Adrian's right. I'm just going to say that out loud, okay? But in fact,. It's true. It's in the 19th century. We all remember quickly down under, right? Right. Right. Exactly. So. I have no idea what you're talking about, but okay. <laughs> yes. Which has nothing to do with the Holy Mass, but it's Tom Selleck, so I had to mention it. Okay. okay so there you go. You're in the cup of, of divine providence, Chris and Cannon. Praise be to God. Uh, I, I don't know if I would have known that. If I had to guess, I probably would have probably said 17th or something like that. But in fact, 1803, very specific date. But now we can try to double your chances, I think. And this next one, super easy, super easy. Here we go. We're going to go to Adrian. Adrian, can you tell me
1: who wrote the first gospel according to tradition? Uh, According to tradition, that would be, you know, in my theology classes, they talked about the proper ordering of the Gospels Mm -hmm, and most mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. people believe that Mark was the first Gospel uh, and then after that it was Luke and then Matthew and then John uh, but actually Mm. most people nowadays uh, agree that it was actually a Q source so I'm going to say Q Q Yes, Mm. from Star Trek no Q source, the, you know the next in, generation in biblical scholarship. You you took jo, John Bergsma's uh, scriptures class. You I know did, about the Q source, but that was a Catholic class, so right, we left Q out of things. It's that's You're what just the answer is.
2: Saying, okay. So anyway, your answer is Q. Yep, Q source. Uh, Janice, can you tell yes. me who wrote the first okay. Gospel according to tradition?
4: That would have to be Matthew.
2: Matthew. All right. Mm-hmm. That seems like a solid answer to me. Chris and Cannon, Janice seems to think it's Matthew, whereas Adrian says it's Q. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? What say you?
4: Well, this is tough because I don't think that Q
2: is a gospel, but I, I think that Adrian's got a good point because I want to say it's
0: Mark. So, uh. Janice! <coughs> uh, let's go. let's
4: <coughs> go to Adrian. Pardon. Adrian!
2: Are you sure?
4: No. No. Oh, so uh, too
2: slow. I'm so sorry. <laughs> too slow here. on the rebuttal. Slow. Uh, it's a curveball. Slow into the right, and you swung. And it, I'm sorry, I was wrong. It's, in fact, Matthew is the correct answer. Hugh was a distraction. Yeah. All right, well, we're running out of time here. Let's go to the third. I still think we can get you in here twice. I think so. I think so. Okay, back to Janice. Mm-hmm. Janice, can you tell me what famous Catholic astronomer? Proposed that the planets revolve around the sun and the Earth rotates on its axis? Mm,
4: that would have to be Peter Damien. Really? Yes. Wow. He, wow. Was a,
2: he was a saint, wasn't he?
4: He was a saint, but he was also a famous astronomer. Was wow. he? Yeah.
2: Peter Damien. He, uh, super cool. Yes. Mm, okay. Well, let's just see here. Uh, Adrian Fonseca, can you tell that's me? That's my name. Uh, what's your middle name again? Uh, yeah. There you <laughs> w- go. What famous Catholic astronomer proposed that the planets revolve around the sun mm-hmm. and the Earth rotates on, on its axis? Yeah, that's Copernicus. Can I finish
1: the question? I no. guess, but okay. it's Copernicus. I'm Copernicus. Just telling the
2: All right. So here's the deal, uh, Chris and Canon. Adrian uh, says it's Copernicus, whereas Janine says it's St. Peter Damian. It's definitely not Galileo. It's definitely not Galileo. (laughs) 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Kristen Cannon, what say you?
0: That is going to be
1: Nicholas Copernicus, Adrian.
3: Wow!
1: He knew that (laughs) one. He knew that one. (laughs) He knew that one. He didn't need any help on that one. I was going to call him Bill or something. That's Bill. amazing. <laughs> Nicholas Copernicus. Hey,
2: well, one wonderful. Praise be to God indeed. You are in for two. You might win the prize pack this week. If it be God's will, you'll have to tune in on Friday. But thank you for playing the game and being great sports today.
0: God You're welcome.
2: Me. Thanks for letting us play. Have a great day. We're going to put you on hold, but have a great day. God bless you. We're going to get your phone number. But that is going to do it for the radio side of our show. For those of you that can hang out with us on the after show, we would love to have you. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt and hang out with us there. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you back here tomorrow.
0: Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired.
1: adrian the tricky i tried not to be the ratty tratty i tried to be adrian the meanie adrian the meanie i try to to give it away i mean cute how do you i mean it's it how seems, do you sleep you know, at
5: night with that
1: conscience of yours and i did my best i did my best i was uh you know because it's interesting because you know most modern scholars will agree mark was written first um, and then the other thing that modern, modern scholars will agree is that there was a Q source. Those are the two main theories of scripture scholarship of where the scriptures come from. Um, I'm a traditionalist. I'm a rigid trad and a uh, and a uh, me- big meanie. So I go with the traditional ordering of the gospel, which uh-huh. is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yep. 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 Berdoodle. So weird how that works out.
2: Berdoodle dandy. Of course. You know, I was I was so scandalized the first time that someone suggested to me that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John didn't write their Gospels, for starters. And then that um, that there was some this alternative source. I was so scandalized by that. And, uh, you know, when I went through the studies that I did with the St. Paul Center and going through the semesters with Bergsma and his courses on Old and New Testaments and Hahn and Bergsma and Petrie and Barber and and Gray and all the rest— <clears throat> And then you go and read the, uh, the Miratorium Fragment, written about the year 150 A.D. Google that today. That's your homework assignment, is to go into Google's and, to, in homework now? and type in the Miratorium Fragment and read it for yourself. This was a document where the church is debating what is inspired in part of the canon. And it's amazing because it, on number one, you're going to see right away that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are listed and they're attributed to the, the author's names.
1: <laughs> Weird how that works, huh?
2: Weird how that works! It's like, it's like they put their names on it. <laughs> it's like they, you know, so there's that. Uh, then, of course, do you have the tradition handed down, that they're Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? And then, you know, mouth, when he goes through John's gospel, because that was where the attack was, if I remember correctly. Like, the person that was a deacon that I was talking to, and he had gone through his deaconate deacon, formation, and he had a PhD, and blah, 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 blah. Talking about blah. Father Casey? No, oh wait, he's a and, Franciscan. <laughs> stop it! <laughs> Resist the temptation. Good grief! Where's my holy water? I need to fling it at you.
1: Um, you really should. Um,
2: um, I get to get to get the exercised epiphany water though. I need you, to go. You for really a, should. I think we have more. exercised water in the cabinet. Behind, Is it epiphany behind us? water?
1: It's uh, a good question. So it you, might be.
2: You got to go. There's levels. I can't remember. There's levels. See, so now we're in another rabbit hole down here. Okay, so anyway, going back to this uh, de- deacon who who was leading me astray, and uh, I remember him talking about the. Uh, the 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 community that wrote John's gospel and how it, it wasn't oh, John community. And, and I was like this it's like Hebrews this is it's insane and so when I went through Bergsma's course on John's gospel in particular he points out the details in John's de- John's gospel is so detailed and how it, you can't conclude otherwise to say that whoever wrote the gospel had to have seen the, the the the, the temple in Jerusalem before it's destruction because there'd be no other way they would know all the right. details as if Jesus wasn't God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right.
1: Like, like yeah. Cause poor, poor Jesus, he can't manage this whole thing. Uh, you you know, know, what makes me angry is okay. So this is my soapbox and I'm g- not going to go too in depth on it. I just want to say just the, the most bare bones argument for this is the commentary on, uh, on Hebrews. Like, so in the mass, we read—actually, I, I don't know about the Novus Ordo, but in the traditional Mass, I'm pretty sure it's the same in the Novus Ordo, but I'm not 100% certain. You mean St. So Paul's say. letter to the Hebrews? S- exactly. And when we do the readings— Or is it Apollos? When we read, do the reading, <laughs> we say uh, a letter from St. Paul to the Hebrews. So yeah! that's one tradition attesting that uh, Paul wrote, to, wrote Hebrews. Second, St. Thomas—and so, okay— <laughs> there are there, there are theological and historical arguments to be made that Paul wrote Hebrews and Paul didn't mm-hmm. write Hebrews. Make but Hebrews let's great let's again. just take that and throw it out the window for a second. Saint Thomas gave an argument in his commentary on Hebrews why he thinks Paul wrote Hebrews because their argument existed in his day too, and this is what uh, that uh, and the thing that I that I always come back to is. Saint Thomas had Peter and Paul appear to him in his cell and explain the scriptures to him. Yeah, but you besides think, that, you, what proof like, can I'm he like, offer? if I have to go with someone, if I have to trust someone, <laughs> am I going to go with modern scholars or am I going to go with the guy who had Peter and Paul appear to him and explain the scriptures to him? You mean that's all i that's all I'm saying. You mean hallucinations. So it's ignoring all the arguments, which there are good arguments on both sides, but it's just attested to by tradition, and it's attested to by the visions of saints. So I'm yeah. just going to say that you're, Paul wrote Hebrews. You're going with it, huh? Yep. Not Apollos. Mm. Or Luke. Or a
2: community. There is a theory that suggests Luke helped uh, Paul write. Sure, I'm sure that's possible. Because of the, the grammar, the Greek grammar involved in the earliest trans, uh, transcripts or uh, the versions of the document seem to be more elevated than Paul is normally used to. I'm sure that's possible. I could, I could buy that. one thing is important, and Dr. Hahn, Bergsman, all of those guys that I mentioned before, fellows of the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology, uh, point out that whoever, whoever wrote it, St. Paul, whoever wrote it, clearly also saw the temple in Jerusalem before the destruction in 70 A.D. Mm-hmm. The details... And the way they discuss the high priest making sacrifices seems to suggest it was still happening when the letter was written. You're saying it wasn't written in 90? Uh, I'm saying it goes back before 70 AD. Hebrews is an amazing letter. It's one of my favorite, especially Hebrews chapter 12. We are uh, surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. The, chapter 12 is the description uh, of the Holy Mass, where heaven and earth meet. It is, is mind-blowing. And that is a very early document, in my opinion. Of course, I'm not a scholar, and I didn't stay at Holiday Inn any time recently, so there you go. I did recently. Did you? Mm-hmm. Really?
1: A couple months ago. Wow. Yeah. No kidding.
2: Hey, uh, good morning, David L. It's good to see you. And the Burrier family, Jonah and Dominic and Sienna are hanging out with us. Uh, by the way, Sienna wants to know your middle name. Okay. What is it? hmm Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> S. Franco, good morning to you. Colin, good morning to you. Clarissa, good to see you. I and big hearts on uh, Tom Bombadil. Tom Bombadillo, I love. Who it. is Tom Bombadillo? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm so glad you asked that question. We'll come back to that. Uh, let's
1: see. Good morning, Mary Barone. Good morning to you. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Who's hanging out on Facebook? Yes, we have sea, the, uh Chris Chance has been. Uh, uh, he's been having a huge chat about the Q source. He said, if they didn't write the Gospels, why should I believe what was written in them? And uh, that's a great question. That's exactly uh, yep. the point of the attack, isn't it? And not- Sonia said, Joe, you are very sneaky. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Mary Barone had a great uh, question that we should talk about uh, in a second. Um, and Loris is on with us. Joaquin is on Sean is on with us and Gloria I think I said Gloria already uh, let's see it's okay I can say it twice Eric is on with us hey, good morning CDT family so his buddy Jesus Robles is Robles. on with us I can't. how do you roll your tongue like that? I have no idea it just happens <sighs> uh, Michelle Vaughn is on with us and uh, she wanted to hear about the Cornelis Lapide commentary on anxiety which is mm. great stuff right there Alexander Yosef says hey, what morning. an awful statue of Jesus <laughs> where is the cross it looks like he's Man, impaled Love, I love the statue of the crucified Lord. I like it, too. but we just don't I have do, a cross Yeah, road. I do think that it needs and a cross. But it needed to be displayed. It's so expensive. It's a
2: display stand. That's yeah. all it is. Whether or not it looks like it's an impaling. But Which, feel free to way, donate for did a you cross. Know, did you know that there is a tradition that seems to suggest that crucified persons were impaled?
1: That sounds horrible.
2: Yeah. It, that's, it goes unspoken of, but there is a wound on the backside let's just say i don't want to get into more gross details yeah. than that but there is a tradition of such not related to alexander's
1: comment oh clarissa <laughs> so clarissa said go gotta read lord of the rings fellowship of the rings tom bombadil is not in the movies uh no i know who who tom bombadil is i'm just mm, like there's a joke in, in yeah there's a joke in uh in tolkien philosophy um mm. and theology, and whenever people study the philosophy of Tolkien, the philosophy of Lord of the Rings, the question always comes up, who is Tom Bombadil? Who and most Bombadil? people say uh Tom Bombadil is nobody and everybody, uh because <laughs> he doesn't fit into any category. He, he kind of just comes and goes as he pleases. He's the master and as he, Goldenberry uh, said. And so, yeah, like Peter Kreef doesn't agree on it. Neither does Joseph Pierce. There's like nobody knows who Tom, Joseph Tom Pierce? Bombadil is.
2: We interviewed him. Yeah. He he said who he thinks Tom Bombadil is.
1: Yeah, but it is, it's disputed. It's, it's Adam. He, it's not. It's Adam. I don't think it's Adam. It's totally Adam. It's not Adam. Get him back. It we're, doesn't fit the, the character of Adam. Joseph Pierce is coming back just
2: to talk about, Tom Bombadil. about Tom, Tom Bombadil. Just talk about Tom Bombadil. We're going to settle the argument. And it's Adam. It's not Adam. Show of hands, how many people think it's Adam? Raise your hand. I want to see him. Hands up. Innate tongue roll. <laughs> Lori, are you saying you can roll your tongue, Lori? I, I am incapable of it. Janice, uh, you you must be able to roll your R's. Well, let's turn your mic on so I can yes, hear
4: it. Yes, I am. Robles, Robles, uh, I, Robles. I
2: can't, I can't do it. You just did it. No, I, can, I. it's not it's, the same thing as using it in a word. It's not that
4: hard. It's just... Uh, R- R- Robles. Uh,
5: I can't. It's a, it's a DNA can? thing. It's a,
1: DNA.
4: it's a. It's a DNA thing. Yeah. Even like Adrian doesn't. Right. You're not fluent in Spanish, Adrian. I don't know Spanish
1: at all. He rolls yeah, his Yeah,
4: and still. So it, it must be a blood thing, because I'm sure wow. you have some. You have his. You have Did you Latin blood.
1: Hear that? <laughs> Clarissa said, "Not Adam." Thank you. It's Adam, Clarissa. Thank you. <laughs> it's Adam. I just okay. I just wanted I may to say have to take Clarissa off the Christmas card list now. I don't know.
4: It's Adam, uh-huh.
2: Clarissa. Come on, man. Where's my
1: Come on, man? Yeah. What was that Janice?
4: I was just gonna say that Chris Blackwell, who just who just called in for the game show he actually uh, requested if you could talk a little bit, just a really small, tiny bit, tiny bit of the 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 difference between like Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John, and 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 why Matthew was the correct answer because he's he didn't really understand why the, it was the okay. Correct answer. Yeah, we were yeah. running
2: out of time by yeah. that point, but so I was trying to rush along.
4: He'll he said he'll hear tomorrow because he's listening through the radio. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Well, Chris and Cannon, thanks for
2: playing again. You guys were mm-hmm. amazing. Praise be to God. Yeah. Well, it was a tricky question, and so let me read read the question so the question went who wrote the first gospel according to tradition and the answer is matthew um and so the the complicated part came when adrian thought he was being slick i and, thought i was making it obvious. and he threw out the mark thing because a lot of scholars point out to mark first and part of the re and, okay so scott Hahn's book um politicizing the Bible, which is about three inches thick, by the way, uh, is probably a good source for the whole topic. But let me keep it simple. There are a number of biblical scholars who will say Mark was written first because it was briefest. Tradition says Mark followed Peter around and recorded his homilies Mm -hmm. and compiled them into what we call the Gospel of Mark today. So it's really the Gospel of Peter, but Mark's name is attributed to it because he was the scribe. So a lot of biblical scholars claim Mark. However, the same scholars will also seem to suggest that there was a document that predates Mark called who knows what. So they put a name they put a letter on it to give it a name called Q mm-hmm. as some anonymous who knows what type of source. So Adrian was trying to be slick and through through this curveball that con- Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was going to be obvious. Confused things. My mistake. However, the question is about Tradition, not about biblical scholars' opinions of, of these things. And traditionally, Matthew is listed first because it is traditionally the first gospel.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Written by Levi, written to the Israelites in a, uh, in a language that they would understand, and it would speak to their hearts, which is why it starts with the genealogy of Jesus to prove his genealogy, and it's written in a way to, to scream as loud as possible, he is the successor of King David is the son promised in First Samuel chapter seven, so that's why the answer, that's why Matthew is the answer. And Chris, you've probably, if you're listening on podcast, which means you've already heard Adrian and I start this after show with this conversation. I'll just repeat it for the sake of everybody else. Uh, if you're looking for a great place to go, go and search for the Meritorium fragment written in around the year one fifty A.D. It's fragment because we only have a piece of it; we don't have the whole document. But it's, it's a pretty cool insight into what the church was thinking in around the year 150 AD about the canon of scripture. Number one, Matthew is listed. Uh, so is Mark, Luke, and John. So is the apocalypse. Uh, and other documents listed. And the, the telltale sign for knowing if a document should be considered as part of the canon of scripture, was it read at Holy Mass, especially in churches founded by the apostles themselves? That should be pretty telling, shouldn't it? It's not just about me and Jesus and my Bible and the Holy Spirit. It is beyond that. It is the holy liturgy handed down from one generation to the next. That is the telltale sign. I, I find that fascinating. That's about 150 AD, Meritorium Fragment.
1: Hopefully that helps. Yeah, uh, jo- uh, Jonah wanted to know who our favorite saints are. He said, can we talk about our favorite saints? Especially if, they're, if we have middle names named after them. Who's yours? Right. Uh, so Saint Vincent Ferrer is, uh, my favorite saint. And I think, uh, well, it, it's a kind of a, a, a toss up. I have a few favorite saints. I actually did a podcast way back when, like, it was one of my first podcasts on our favorite saints with me and my buddy, Hustao Frater, um, Garion, who's was Max Molinax at the time, but Frater Garion is his name now. And he uh me and him did a podcast on our favorite saints. And I put number one at then uh it's 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 gotta be between Saint Thomas and Saint Vincent Ferrer. But Saint Vincent Ferrer is a rock star, man. He was he did so many miracles and he was, uh, he sprouted wings one time and flew because he <laughs> was like, he was needed somewhere else. Yeah. And so as soon as mass ended, he, he sprouted wings and he flew <laughs> to the other, de- de- uh, location to be able to serve the people in that area. Like he was so, he did so many miracles that they had people to hold up his arms because he was get so exhausted from doing miracles. Um, and one time he rose. So he was preaching. He, he was famous for, and this is probably the greatest miracle. He converted so many people. He would go into synagogues and but when after preaching in the synagogue, he would walk out, and they would change the name of the synagogue to Holy Cross because Mm -hmm. they had uh, all converted. Everyone in the synagogue had converted, and so they changed the name of the synagogue into a Catholic church. They made it into a Catholic church on the spot. He did the same thing with mosques, and one time when he was preaching at a uh, Jewish synagogue, Somebody stood up and pointed at him and said, you are a blasphemer against God. And he got up and he was walking out the door and the archway collapsed onto the guy and killed him. And And everybody freaked Ouch. out. And and, uh, and Vincent Ferrer walks up to him and goes and, and calms everybody down and goes and touches the guy and tells him to arise. And the mm-hmm. guy pops up from the dead and goes the jewish faith is not the true faith the catholic faith is a true faith uh, and he converted and then everyone in the synagogue converted <laughs> mic drop <laughs> yeah is <was> a huge <laughs> deal he did so many miracles yeah. like that's not even like one scratching the, the surface one of the
2: under like uh sort of like the minimal uh, minute uh miracles that happened everywhere he went that we kind of kind of look past too often is that he would stand in a square and preach and everyone could hear him clearly no matter how loud he was you know so he when he preached He was heard throughout the town squares, which was pretty amazing. And he would prophesy and and he was so many cool things about St. Vincent Fair. Hey, by the way, Clarissa says, Is his wife Eve talking about Tom Bombadil? No. Well actually mm. actually in the Fellowship of the Rings, Tom Bombadil has a little bit of a speech about his former wife, who is not there anymore. And, uh, hmm, so what might have happened? It's a mystery that we're going to have to get Joseph Pierce
1: back on to, uh, to talk about. Because clearly it's Adam. Uh, anyway. And Chris hey, says, w- I don't think that the Adam theory holds up because Tom was able to resist the one ring. Hmm. Mm, so was Gandalf. Yeah, but Gandalf's not Adam. But my point is, just because
2: someone can resist the ring does not mean it's an argument that he's not Adam. I mean, Adam didn't resist the ring. Um... <laughs> well, maybe in Tolkien's version of the, of the events. Right. I'm seeing the theory crumble before well, your eyes. I, well, no. That's my point about the wife is. It seems like uh, when you go back and look at that, the wife had a falling because like, it's mysterious. You don't really know. It just there's sort of a lament there that the wife isn't there anymore. And now it's Goldenberry. What happened? And is Goldenberry his wife? I don't know. Goldenberry is his companion, but maybe not his wife i don't know it's That's hard to tell weird for him because be she isn't she's an some. elf and he is and he's not but he was there when the creatures came in mm, mm. I don't know. and as goldenberry says he is the master mm. It's totally adam hey before we run out of time 10 minutes on the clock there was some
1: questions yes uh let's get to some of those yeah so buddy said is saint christopher still a saint i've heard that there there's a controversy over the sainthood of saint christopher uh real quick the short answer, and i 'm just going to get a short answer. The short answer is yes he 's still a saint. They took him off the liturgical calendar after the Second Vatican Council because they were trying to retrofit the council uh, the uh, the calendar and get rid of saints that there was quote dubious um, evidence for their existence, so Saint Valentine was also taken off the calendar, and many other saints um, they are still saints technically speaking, and I believe they 're real, so I mean I still celebrate and I still pray to Saint Christopher every day whenever I travel. Um, so I have his his, his medal in my car. But anyway, uh, the other question we had was from um, let's see, who asked the question? I had it listed a second ago. I think it was Mary Barone had a question. Concerning the topic of blessing same-sex unions, I need help understanding this question. What is a blessing? Is it asking God to make things a right, according to the will of God, for the people being blessed, or is it our human declaration that God approves of the individuals being blessed? So, a blessing is simply uh, asking the grace of God to come Upon a certain thing, and then there's different kinds of blessings that dictate certain types of things and so the uh, a blessing of a same sex union can never be good because that is giving a tacit approval of that thing. Now, could you bless the individuals that are in same sex unions so let 's say hypothetically speaking a, someone who was a homosexual, uh, who is living in sodomy, comes up to a priest after mass, and says, Father, uh, may I have your priestly blessing? They can give him your priestly blessing. But if he says, Father, could you bless my, my sodomite union? Then the, then, uh, father has to say, no, I cannot do that because you cannot bless evil things. Now you can exercise evil things. And that's a type of blessing, but it's a uh, but the category difference is very very important, and so it has, that has to be made clear. In the case of Germany, it's clear that what they're doing is not yep. like giving an exorcism. It's not saying praying that they convert. It's not doing any of that. It's giving approval for the act of sodomy in he, their Here's committing. a quote
2: from Francis uh, from Francis Roca for the Wall Street Journal uh, talking about, and I read this during the show. Uh, on the What's Concerning Us segment from CatholicVote.org is the one who's I ran with here. And it's this is the quote. Uh, the German church leaders voted 168 to 28 with five abstentions to adopt a draft statement on sexuality that includes a resolution saying that, quote, same-sex partnerships who want to take the risk of an unbreakable common life – should be able to see themselves placed under the blessing of God. Unquote. That is the resolution statement that these bishops, 168 to 28, voted for. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, that's bad. That's bad. That's not. I mean, we again, we <coughs> got to meet people where they're at, mm-hmm. but our job is to get them where they got to go.
4: <coughs> yeah. Not
2: hang out with them in the muck and the mire.
4: Mm-hmm. We had that problem when I worked at the parish. Um, I was working in the marriage marriage ministry and. We had so many couples call and say, like, oh, we're just calling to get our marriage blessed. And I asked, you know, uh, are you looking to get married? You mean, you, mar- you know, receive the sacrament? And they said, no, we're just, we just, you know, we've been living together, and we, we got civilly married, but we don't want to get married in the church, but we want the priest, you know, to bless us after mass. And <laughs> that's <laughs> insane. Yeah, and I had so many phone calls like that, and I would have to. Um, Father uh, would tell me like. Just tell them that we, you know, if they want their marriage blessed, they have to receive the sacrament, and they and it just they just didn't understand. Like it was a really hard concept for them to understand, and it you know I didn't want to be mean to them. I didn't want to be rude and probably
2: awkward conversation. Yeah,
4: (laughs) but uh, basically what they told us in the diocese was like when you use blessing you should connect it to the sacrament and mm. so when you say oh the church is gonna bless your marriage well the only way the church can bless your marriage is through the sacrament of matrimony uh, and so that was um, you know that that wor- that word bless your marriage mm. was pr- was prohibited like you can't say that. In, at the parish level yeah. because people get – people. so many people got, got confused because of that. Well,
2: I mean, there's so much that's led to the confusions, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I mean, I remember sitting in a class – who was it? I think it was Mary Therese. When Mary Therese was born, um, we had to go through uh, sacramental prep at our parish to get her baptized. And uh, whatever, okay. So we're doing it, and the class is huge. There's a bunch of people in there, and they go around the room. And they're like, "Why are you here?" And why are you here? And everybody got a chance to say why they're there. And the couple next to me was like, "Because this is just what my family does. You know, we've always we've always brought our kids to be baptized." Oh, do you? Does this your parish? Oh no, we go to the Protestant church down the road. But this is just what we do. We're this, you know, this is part of our culture. And they were. And, I would have immediately stopped the class and say, okay, let's clarify some things about what the sacrament is and what it's not and, and who can receive it and who can't and why the church teaches this and why not, and then invite them to join the parish and go through RCIA. That would have been a teachable moment, but that's not what they do. That's not what they did. And I think that's part of the culture and the climate that we're facing is the lay faithful are so used to that level of wishy-washiness that they can just naively call and go, I just expect the blessing. You know, like, your mic's not on. But yeah. I, just, I just expect a blessing. Like, you, how come you're not going to give me a blessing? Good grief. Like, you know, what is truth? By the way, which is another tangent here, uh, we talked about the Gospels earlier. What did you know? Maybe you can answer this. Do you know? Up until recently, very recently, the oldest fragment of a Gospel in known existence was what? Do you know? Anybody? I'm sorry. So okay, again? We're
4: the oldest? The fragment? oldest,
2: fr- up until very recently, the oldest fragment of a gospel in known existence.
1: John. Yes. What verse? It was. Uh, tr- I can't remember. It was Pontius Pilate saying, oh, "What yes. is truth?" Quid est? Uh, Quid est veritatis? Yes. Think about that. That's the
2: problem of our day. What is truth? What is mm-hmm. truth? What is your truth versus my that truth? That
4: reminds me of a video I watched from Glenn uh, Ble- Glenn Beck last night. Um, he just released it, like, maybe, like, last night around 8 o'clock. And it was titled, like truth being lost in america and he and his it's like a 17 long uh 17 minute video but basically in that video he talks about um how the, the 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 reason why america is the way it is today and just there's so much confusion is precisely because we don't we don't we've lost the meaning of truth and we, everyone has their own truths and, you know, we live in a relativistic culture. And so that, I thought that was really interesting. But definitely check out Glenn Beck's video. He just released it. Uh, it's titled uh, uh, Truth No Longer in America or something like that. Yeah. It was really good.
2: Was there uh, – we have about four minutes or five minutes left. Uh, Adrian, was there another comment based on the interviews or what's concerning us? Uh, let me check. Wasn't there I, another there, I
1: think there was, but I –
2: Let me see if I can find Uh, find it. uh, Uh, I mean, besides the Tom Bombadil
1: controversy... Um, um, that has clearly now been resolved that clearly has been resolved. We have established <laughs> that uh, Michelle Vaughn asked about the uh the anxiety thing oh, yeah. uh, and oh, so yeah. real quick on that we if you want to check it out and read it for yourself, I highly recommend you look up Cornelia uh and you just uh let me see if I could spell it out for you it's it 's not an easy name to spell cornelius c o r n e l i u s a which is a separate word, A, and then lapide, L-A-P-I-D-E. And if you look that up, the great commentary of Cornelius Lapide, under Luke chapter 10, verses 40 through 43, he talks about anxiety and how to overcome that anxiety. Um, and it's excellent commentary. I highly recommend and awesome. and he uh, it's very very good and also just in if you're interested at the beginning of all the gospels he actually gives a history of the gospel and stuff and so the very first thing he does is uh, titled general preface concerning the excellence and majesty of the four gospels and of the number order and agreement and discrepancies of the gospels so if you're interested in what we've been Super talking cool. about he does talk about that as well Neat. if you're interested um, let's see is this, I anything else is
4: this commentary available in um, the software that yes. you use what's yes, it, it the called Verbum, yes. Verbum.com
2: forward mm-hmm. slash GRN, by the way. Mm-hmm. And they're, they've generously given us access to, uh, to the tools so that we can do our commentaries. And, and that definitely is in there.
1: Yes. And if oh, you cool. – uh, yeah. so it's there. It's also free online. And it's also – I think uh, Jesus Robles found all four Gospels for 100 bucks. He no, texted me the other day. 60 No, no this he, is new. Yeah, this is new. He uh, bought, he, so he bought one commentary for 60 and then he texted me like a day later and goes, look what I found. I couldn't resist. And he bought all four okay, commentaries his secret, can for a hundred bucks. Can we reveal his secret
2: with a minute to go? EBay? Okay. His secret is eBay. He just, yeah. he's, he's, <laughs> he's bidding on them. I wanted to also mention before we say goodbye. So our guest on uh, contraception today was very good. Great conversation on, on or how it's harmful to women. You know, um, Back in the day when uh, I was, uh, my wife and I were doing the marriage prep pre cana conference and we were giving the talk every year, um, we would hand out that uh, Janet Smith's contraception Why Not? Because it will blow your mind <clears throat> about why contraception is harmful to women and uh, why the church teaches that it's immoral and we shouldn't participate in it. And we would hand it out to these, these couples and they would just look at us like, are you out of your mind? Of course we're cohabitating. Of course we're contracepting. Of course, we we're only checking a box. We were looking forward to our beautiful pictures of our, of our uh, wedding, but that's the extent, that's the depth of, of the whole darn thing. Um, so there's a great opportunity there for ministry and uh, for a reach into the lives of young people. If you can get involved in a marriage prep at your local parish or with a, an apostolate near you, do that buy box loads of cds or in our case now it's digital downloads and email the links to these couples if you know these couples email the links janet smith uh contraception why not but there's a bunch of others matt Frad, uh, jason everett i mean there's a ton the uh the ruth institute is would be a great resource to hand to women as well young couples help them to be educated on this subject of contraception not just the church being a bunch of old curmudgeons prude curmudgeons that's the perception the truth is however incredibly more beautiful praise be to god i have no idea who's on our show tomorrow but hopefully it'll be a great guest so you have to tune in tomorrow (laughs) to find out so will we (laughs) so will we we're looking forward to it we have no idea Uh, Hey, by the way, I am a streaming, uh, I posted to MeWe, so make sure you're hanging out with us on MeWe, search for Catholic Drive Time there, MeWe.com forward slash CDT, but I'll send it to you in an email link, but we're going to interview Henry Sear, the Dictator Pope author, later uh, this morning, and we'll be sending that to the CDT Insiders. Make sure you're on the email list at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning.